welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Holy Networking and the New Identity, and it is part of the New Church Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, check us out at our website at bccma.org, or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Um, now, we're in a series in the book of Acts, and we're calling it New Church. And uh, I just feel like I need to explain something, because I was thinking about this uh, last night a great deal. And because I know how it is to come to church looking for a word from God for your life and your situation. If I were to ask, I wouldn't even ask, but if I were to ask for a show of hands of how many of you have some stressful, very stressful situation in your life, I imagine it would be at least 50%, maybe even much greater percent, that you have some stressful situation in your life, in your finances, relationships, your, your, your own emotions and, and uh, 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 areas of addiction and bondage. And I've, I've, talked to, I've talked to so many people in the last few days uh, I sat with a man who had surgery a couple years ago. It led to opioid addiction. He's lost his job. His wife's in a treatment program. He's got two kids, and he doesn't know what to do or how to get out. I've, I've talked to people, talked to someone whose marriage is just this far from divorce, and uh, I've talked to people who are, who are taking care of parents with Alzheimer's and uh, all kinds of situations. There's a lot of stress out there. And some of it's beyond stress. It's downright suffering. People are suffering. So you come to church on Sunday morning and you're, you're oh, I hope the pastor preaches and gives me a word that, from God. I just want to hear from God about my situation. Well, and, and, and we do a lot of that type of preaching here. We want to do more. Uh, but this series is not that kind of series. It's not a series that 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 is so much focused on those personal needs that you have. Uh, in fact, uh, here's a little graphic I want to put up on the screen. Hang on just a minute before you put it up, because I want to explain a little more. This series is about us as a group rising up and becoming the people of God. So it's not just the pastor having a word from God. It's not just, the, it's not just Pastor Phil and Sherry ministering to suffering, which we love to do and we want to keep doing, but it's about raising up an army of compassionate people. It's about raising up the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build my pastor. He said, I will build my church. And, and, and he is, his, his intent in, in this room, the, the gifts of the Spirit are, are distributed in this room. All over this room, the gifts of the Spirit are, are, are distributed to each one of you, and that is biblical, that the gifts of the Spirit are distributed to each one of you. So the healing, what Elise was talking about in the worship, is exactly right on. She was exactly spot on, that the healing that you need and the ministry that you need, it, yes, it's okay to go to church looking for a word from God from the pastor and looking for the pastor to preach something that will address your suffering. I've been there a thousand times in my life when I went to a meeting hoping they would share something to my situation. But what if this place 
even went to another level of alive. I don't want to say come alive because we're already alive. But what if, it, what if it went to another level of alive so that the gifts of the Spirit were flourishing in the people that you're sitting around and so you were getting a word from God when you went out to dinner with them or you went to the ball game with them or you played golf with them with the people in this church or you had a hamburger with them, you were getting a word from God for every one of them. So that's what this series is about, this new thing that God did. See, see that, that other way is very Old Testament. That, that other way of, of the word of God had to come from the prophet that God had raised up, or it had to come from God, the touch from God had to come from the high priest. That's very old church. New church is that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. New church is you are the people of God. New church is God raises up pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets to equip the saints for ministry. That's new church. So that's what this series is about. And, uh, and, and here's, let me show you this graphic that I found this week, and it says my heart about this series. It is time for us and every church like us to regain first-generation faith because God is not finished with his church. Amen? Would you say amen? So today's message is about holy networking. And, and as we preach this series, uh, you need to understand what I'm doing. I'm taking large segments of Acts, four or five chapters, and I'm, I'm finding a theme, and it's amazing how consistently I'm finding a theme in these chapters. And there will be, be four or five stories that will all have the same theme. And like last time we talked about it, and last time we met and we talked about this, uh, uh, what we discovered was that God gave the new church a new story. The Old Testament, and I don't even know if calling it the old church is the right way to put it, uh, we're talking about language and semantics. So I don't know what the right word is. It was, it was, if you've studied the Bible a great deal, you know it was an old covenant. So under the old covenant, the, the Jewish people that Jesus arrived to preach to, they were, their story was we must live and obey the Torah, the rules that were in the first five books of the Bible, we must obey them to the point that, God, that, G, that the Messiah will come and fulfill all the promises he made to Abraham and once again bring us out of exile and make us a great nation. That was the story they were living. In fact, the, the, the Pharisees uh, thought so highly of this approach that you know, God had given them like, I don't know, I don't remember the number, like 400 rules, 400 rules and, and regulations to live by. And, and they're like, they, were like, they were like some churches that I know. Um, they made up 200 more. <laughs> they thought, oh, man, if, if, if regulations please God, we're going to really please them and add some more regulations. But, but you know what happens when you just keep adding regulations? It's called the United States government. <laughs> right? <laughs> when you just, oh, you know, another law is going to fix our nation. You know, it would be, the nation would be far better if they'd all go home. And I'm serious. If they just all go home, stop passing laws. Stop passing more regulations. We don't need any more regulations. We need to go, we need to go think about the ones we already passed. All right? So, uh, it, I'm amazed when I read this and I see these themes. I see this, these themes. And, and what I've been doing, I've been trying to pick out one story, because we don't have time to preach four or five stories. One story that that gives the theme of all the, like last, last time I saw that the new story, and what's the new story? The new story is that Christ has died, Christ died, 
Christ has risen and Christ will come again. That's the new story. That's the new story. And that, and, that, and that the fulfillment of Abraham's promise was not going to be through keeping the Torah perfectly, but by filling the, the, putting the spirit of the Torah and the spirit of God into people's hearts and lives and write the laws of God on their minds and release them to go and replenish the earth. And that's what we're trying to do at Bethany Community Church. We're trying to obey God. It's not any of my business how God's going to do his work. It's only my business to obey. And God says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right? Not our business to figure out how God's going to do it. Our business is to obey. So, um, so today, I want to call this sermon Holy Networking. Because the theme that I saw, well, well I, almost, I, I, I didn't finish what I was going to say. Uh, about the story. I saw six times, six times in three to four chapters, the story repeated. So I decided last, last time we preached this, this must be pretty important to God, that six times he made sure they repeated the story that basically said, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come, come again, and you are to cooperate in the ministry of, re, of restoring the earth to its glory. So this week I saw an, another theme, and that is the theme of God beginning to choose people to be in this church that even the new Jewish Christians wouldn't have picked. That even they, God, God chose to engage with people in the community around the good news and the gospel and around his plan for the earth with people that the, even the new Jewish Christians, like Simon Peter that we're going to read about in a minute, even people they wouldn't have even eaten lunch with. I mean, imagine coming to the church and you say, there's a cookout, but, but you're not invited. Because you're, you're the wrong belief system, or you're the wrong race, or you're the wrong something else. <laughs> I saw an image, you might have seen this image, it's been around a few years, it's... It's really uh, uh, sad but laughable. It, it's a picture of a, a whole, like a choir full of clansmen with their hoods on. You, have you ever seen that image, right? It came out of Portland, Oregon many, many, many years ago. And up above their head is the words, Jesus saves. <laughs> and, and so I, I don't really know what that picture was all about, but it's, but that's kind of what was happening. That's kind of what was happening in, in the book of Acts. You know, Simon Peter and all these other Jewish men were excited about the fulfillment of the, of, of the, of, of the Torah or the fulfillment of Abraham's promise through Jesus. They had accepted that great, good, but nobody but us is going to get to have it. <laughs> and it, let me read Acts chapter 10, verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. It's always, always surprising that there's some good people that aren't a part of us yet. <laughs> One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who had come to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius, stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Tanner, who is called Peter. Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the, tan the Tanner, is what I meant to say, whose house is by the sea. 
When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a, a large sheet coming down, uh, coming, uh, being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come for Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Now, we know Cornelius was an Italian. He was a, a, a military officer. Simon Peter and his fellow Jewish believers, of course, didn't believe that certain people were worthy of engagement around the good news. That's, that's where they were. Um, our central problem in the church today is not that uh, uh, not a belief that certain people aren't worthy of the good news. That's not a that's not a, a a central problem. I don't believe in the church right now. But we struggle with fear, and we struggle with self-centeredness. If uh, if we were Simon Peter, we wouldn't be thinking these people that God wants me to engage with are too unclean for me to engage with. We'd be would be thinking something like. Uh, I don't have a whole day to engage with people I barely know. That's, that's what we would be. I, I don't know. God wouldn't come down with a sheet. I think he might come down with a calendar for, for, for people in the 21st century, in the 21st century evangel evangelical church. Which I don't have a whole day to go hang out with people I, I barely know. Uh, or I'm afraid to engage with people that I don't know. Or, or I just don't feel like it. I mean... That's probably, God would probably bring down a couch with a psychologist. Now, I don't feel like talking to those people. I don't feel like inviting those people to church. I don't feel like that. Then, then, then there's others here today that I'm talking to who you're on the other side. You're not Simon Peter in the story. You're Cornelius. You don't think you are worthy of the best people engaging with you and bringing you into God's plan for your life. So, Two men in the story had to be obedient to God. The man who wanted into God's good plan. And that's what this series is about. I'm, I'm inviting you into God's good plan. Because our goal and what we're doing here, we, we just spent 12 weeks with our community group leaders and department heads talking about becoming a culture of engagement. That's what we really talked about, becoming a culture of engagement, because we believe God's getting ready to do something new here. We're getting ready for September, when we're going to go to two services, and we're getting ready for September, and I want to be able to preach some of those type of sermons that's, that, you're, that I talked about a minute ago, where you know if I invite my friend to church this Sunday, pastor's going to preach on fear. 
He's going to preach on addiction. He's going to preach on bondage. He's going to preach on relationship. But I'm going to bring them, so, and I'm going to be a part of witnessing to them. I'm going to be minister. I'm going to take them out to lunch afterward, and we're going to talk about what was said in the sermon. I'm not saying you, you have to have me as a part of the picture, but I'm going to tell you I, that's what we're trying to do as a church. We're trying to create a culture of engagement. So you might be, so this story is about two men who needed to obey God in this story. The man who wanted God's plan for his life and the man who had the good plan for people's lives. See, see, there's a whole room full of people this, right here under the sound of my voice. You have the Holy Spirit. You know enough of the gospel that you know the good plan that God has for people's lives. And then there's somebody else in this room, probably here this morning, who you're not sure you're worthy of the good people that God has a plan, that, that have the plan for your life. So this sermon is about holy networking and the new identity of the new church. Rule three of 12 Rules for Life says, Make friends with people who want the best for you. And some of you here this morning, or somebody here this morning, or a few people here this morning, do not yet feel that you're worthy of Simon Peter coming to your house and bringing you a new spirit into your home. And you're not, you're not really quite willing to make the drive over to Joppa and bring that person into your life. Or maybe you're Simon Peter and you're not ready to go. Because of you're, you're busy. You've got soccer and you've got to go to the beach and you've got, uh, you've got to uh, power wash your, your house and you've got, uh, got to go on vacation and all this stuff. You know, you've, got to, you've got to wash your hair. You know. The sermon is about being the best people and believing you're worthy of the best people. Two things. Believing you are the best people and believing you are worth the best people. By the way, Jesus could have come as the eternal Jesus. Jesus could have come as the eternal Jesus. You know that? He could have come as the immortal Jesus and opened up a healing center. That's what he could have done. Can you imagine the Jesus Christ healing center in Bethany or Jerusalem or someplace over there, you know? And so... People from all over the world would be flying in to see the immortal Jesus heal them of their suffering because that's what Jesus did. He healed the sick, right? He alleviated suffering. That's what he did. So I would think if I were God, and this is a real good reason I'm not God, because I would be thinking if I were God, you know what I would do. I would send the immortal Jesus, and we would open up a healing center and people from all over the world would come and be healed. And maybe Jesus would train a few others to heal too, so they could have a suite of offices. And so if you had the big bucks, you could see Jesus. And if, if your insurance plan wasn't quite as good, you could go down the hall and see one of the, one of the guys who was trained or gals who was trained to be like Jesus. And, and, and so the world would have a source of healing. Jesus didn't say, I come to build a healing center. Jesus said, I came I will build my church. I will build my church. God is intended to every one of your hearts would be a healing center. Jesus did not come to have an office or a center or a platform. 
He came to create a people. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Someone told me one time that that word new creature means a new species of being that never existed before. And that new species of being that never existed before is most of you that are in this room. You would tell me, Pastor, I would say, are you born again? You would say, yes, I'm born again. I'm born again of the Spirit. I am saved. How, how many this morning would raise your hand and say, I'm saved? Amen? Well, that's, that's good. But did you know you're a center of healing if you're saved? Do you know you're the church if you're saved? Do you know that you have an obligation and a responsibility if you're saved? Because God d didn't leave us a high priest. God didn't leave us a healing center. God didn't leave us a temple with a high priest. God left millions of people like you who know they're saved. And the Bible says that God has given you what? The ministry of Somebody knows it. Somebody's read their Bible. Some, most, some of you haven't. That's okay. God give me the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Wow. So God doesn't want BCC to be the Phil and Sherry Healing Center. On the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire set up on each of them. This room is filled with healers. This room is filled with healers who've been healed. Oh, my goodness, the stories in this room. During our, 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 our time together the last few weeks, we had different people stand up and tell their healing story. Wasn't it? My goodness, I was, I was weeping every single time. Because all over this room, there are dynamic stories of healing. And God wants to connect healers with those who still need healing. God wants to engage the free with those who are still bound. God wants the healthy with those who are still unwell. See, there are many reasons some of you don't think you're ready, though, to be healed. You're, you're not, you're many reasons you don't think you have the right starting point for engagement with God. Uh, maybe you have historical struggle with, with sin, and you don't think you can ever quit. Maybe you have an attraction to what is forbidden. Maybe you have a lack of enthusiasm for God and spiritual things. I don't know. Maybe you have a really full schedule and you even have a fairly happy life. Maybe you have a non-transforming but yet strong bond to a religion. Maybe you have families and you have a social network that feels threatened by any other allegiance that you have. Well, see, I, I, I want you to understand something. I want to, get, I want to explain something this morning. And it's the first point of the sermon. I want you to see and understand new, the, the new church, engagement and inclusion is the two words I want you to understand. Because I want you to, you, to, you to risk engagement this morning on both sides, whether you're Cornelius or you're Simon Peter. I want you to begin to risk engagement with those who might need the gospel you know, Cornelius even prayed and gave to the poor, but he was still in the engagement phase. He hadn't yet been included in the family of God. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly, but he still wasn't included. See, people, people can come to church and still not be included. 
They're in the engagement phase. Jesus had set the template for engagement with the undecided and the pre-Christians. He set the template for that in Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now don't twist this to mean that Jesus hung out at drunken parties or his life looked like a scene from Animal House. I mean, <laughs> in fact, in, 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 in Luke 5.32, it says Jesus told his critics that he came to call not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So he's hanging out with sinners. He, he's not hanging out with them because he's sm- smoking a, 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 a joint with them. You know, <laughs> he's not hanging out with them so he can get high and drunk and, and have a little, uh, 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 you know, uh, a little uh, immorality on the side. You know, <laughs> he's hanging out with them to bring them to healing. Uh, the word repentance means to change. It, 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 I, I heard someone say it meant to, it meant to do a, I heard someone say one time it meant to do a 360. I said, no, no, it's not a 360. It, we got too many people doing a 360. <laughs> it's a 180. 180. I, I'm, I, I'm no, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not good at the math and stuff, but I know that much about degrees. So no, in Luke, and in fact, in Luke 15, after the Pharisees uh, he's complained about his engagement with sinners, he goes on to depict those sinners using the metaphor in, uh, of, of lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. So he saw them as lost, but. He saw them as worthy of his time. You know what I just said? He saw that he should be hanging out around them. He should be spending time with them. He should be eating dinner with them. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. What I'm about to say is very important. See, God's people no longer live in the binary include or exclude relationships to everyone. To be exclusive or inclusive is no longer our two choices. In fact, with only a very few rare exceptions, we have two positive responses to every human being we come in contact with, and that is engagement and inclusion. There's no depth in sin that a human can be that we cannot engage with them. Dr. Dobbins went to prison to visit Ted Bundy, and if you don't know who Ted Bundy is, Google his name. He wasn't a nice man. Later, later when, when Simon Peter meets with the others, he's, I, I didn't tell that part of the story yet, but he goes down to Simon Peter, Cornelius' house and he preaches. And as he preaches, they begin to receive the Holy Spirit and show evidence that they had the Holy Spirit by prophesying and praising and speaking in other tongues. And later, Cornelius, Simon would say, to the Jews who were saying, what? What? You went and ate with, a, with an Italian? And I'm thinking that's the best people to eat with, Italians. <laughs> right? And Simon Peter says, yeah, I hate to tell you, but I heard him speak in tongues and praise God just like we did. Uh, I... T- I, met a, I, I talked to a guy on the sidewalk this week down in, uh, a, um, we got talking, he, I know he has a couple of kids, and I'd learned that from talking to him before, and, and uh, I got talked to him about su- our summer camp, and uh, 
he gets real interested, you know. I took him a brochure over to the place where he works and stuff like this, and I'm talking to him. And I, I was talking to somebody else in the office, and I told him, and I was kind of excited, so I just talked to this guy, and he's interested in his child coming to our summer camp. And the person said to me, well, don't get too excited. He's a drug dealer. I'm thinking, that's great. Drug dealer, awesome, awesome, awesome. Praise God, I got to talk to a drug dealer. Don't you think Jesus engaged with drug dealers? Um, I asked Penny. Penny, are you out there? Would you just stand up so people can know who you are, then who I'm talking about? That's Penny. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. You can sit down. Thank you. <laughs> she told me I can't tell my story. It's, I'm too shy. Um, Penny and her husband used to run this restaurant called the Mango Tree in Milford. And, and we, we used to go over there when Elise was a little girl, and Elise would run under the tables and play with, play with her kids. And uh, we reconnected. I, I started going uh, back to eat there. And uh, one day I'm, I'm there, and Penny comes over to our table. Me and Elise were having lunch together one day, and it's a long story how we got to it, but I found out that her husband has had terminal cancer. And he's back in the kitchen cooking with terminal cancer. And one conversation led to another, and she was looking. She, we found out, I found out in the conversation that she was really stressed about wanting her, her daughter to come to a, a religious school. And that's what she wanted for her. And, um, and she was really stressed and, and we were all crying at the table. I was crying. Penny was crying. Elise was crying as she talked about her, her situation. And so, um, and, and it wasn't like she wasn't manipulating, man. She, I, I, you know, I know about manipulation and people tell you sad stories, you know, to get you to do things. It wasn't a manipulation type situation at all, man. It, it, and, and I would have to, you have to replay it to you to kind of how it laid out. It was a very authentic conversation. And, uh, I had talked to her to the point that I knew I needed to really share the story of the gospel with her. And I called Jeremy uh, Hildebrand one day. I said, hey, you want go, to go with me to this restaurant? Because I want to talk to this lady that's run this restaurant. And, and I, wanna sh- I, wanna sh- I want us to share the gospel with her today. And uh, he, Jeremy said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So Jeremy and I go there. And it was, it was the coolest thing. We get there about uh, close to 1 o'clock. We ate and, and I looked up, and everybody had left the restaurant. There was not one single person in the restaurant but me and Jeremy and Penny. And she sat down at the table with us, and I started to tell her about Christ. And she said, well, do I have to go to classes? I said, oh, no. You don't have to go to class. I said, well, you, can, you can receive Jesus right here. We can just do it right now in this restaurant. And she said, sure. How do I do it? And I said, well, here's what you do. And I really, I, I was terrible. I wasn't very good at all. I mean, I, I wasn't nearly as, as incredibly eloquent as I am right now. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm going I'm I'm to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not good at personal evangelism. It is not my gift. Jeremy was good, though. <laughs> Jeremy shared really effectively. And I said, okay, you ready to pray? And we prayed the prayer. And man... 
that's just been such a blessing. And uh, her daughter's in our school now, and she's in church. And I got to be, the, it was so, I got to be the last person to ever talk to her husband. I was the last person to ever talk to him, and I prayed with him. I prayed with him to receive Christ. And I, I was the last person he ever talked to, because he passed away. And uh, Penny still has uh, plenty of challenges. If God moves you to minister to her and help her, she's a good person. And so she still has plenty of challenges left in her life. And, but she's found a family in this church. Not only me, but all the people at the school. She's found a family in this church. But I didn't tell you that story just to talk to you about Penny or talk to you about me. I talked to you about the story. Is there's pennies all over town. They're waiting on people who will go sit with them. And they don't need to be a pastor. In fact, I was worse at it than some of you are. Some of you would be way better at it than I would be. And I'm serious. I'm not trying to be humble. I'm trying to be humble, but not that hard. <laughs> so that's not going to happen again. Don't try. Don't try to manufacture the way you are to engage with people. It might be over a hot dog at that table today. And it's just as sacred as what happened to Simon Peter. It's just as powerful. Don't try to figure out how God's going to do it. Just get in the soup. Get in the soup. And you say, well, I'm not very good. Do it badly. Do it poorly. I'm an introvert. Well, do it quietly. Man, I wish I could finish this, but it's 1128, and I can't. And then some of you are going to tell me I can, but you're the people that get me in trouble. <laughs> See, I do want to make this point in closing. Here's what, here's what was going on here. Two things. They were being transformed into an engagement culture. They were not an engagement culture before. You didn't hear Moses talking about church growth. He never, he never said, we need to grow this church. Moses never, never did that. The Pharisees weren't, man, we, we need to get more people in here. See, even though I'm critical sometimes of the church growth movement because it becomes so consumeristic, I'm sometimes critical of it. I do believe the foundation of the church growth movement is the New Testament. The foundation of the church growth, growth movement is the power of the Holy Spirit that says whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. The foundation of the church growth movement is God's grace. They didn't have the church growth movement before Acts chapter 2. It didn't happen. But, but so, so number one, it, it was an engagement culture. Calling people to your, into your life, getting involved in people's lives. Helping, caring about their suffering. But the second thing that was going on was, because I, I know what those Jewish guys were thinking when they met with Simon Peter after he had preached at Cornelius' house. They were thinking, who's running the show? Who's running this? The Sanhedrin, you know, that's the council in Jerusalem. They're not doing this. Because we got this guy, Paul, you know, I'll we'll talk about Paul later running around killing people for doing this. So they're not doing it, and we're not doing it. I thought we were the leaders of the church. 
Simon Peter, I thought you were the head of the church. I thought I was, I thought I was running this. So it begs a question. Who was running the show? Who was, who was included? And I got a whole bunch of other scriptures I was going to give you. Maybe we'll do it next Sunday. Show, shows through, from, from Acts chapter 5 to Acts chapter 12, all the different people that were getting included. All the different people that were being called by God, Samaritans, a sorcerer, all kinds of people. Who was responsible for this? Who do you think was responsible for this? God, but more specifically, the Holy Spirit. You know who's running the church? The Holy Spirit. You know who's still running the church? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> and if we will let the Holy Spirit run the church, the church will explode. Let's bow our, Let's stand. We've got we to have some hot dogs. We've got to get to something that's really spiritual. <laughs> Isn't God good? Yeah. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. <laughs> How many of you would say, Heavenly Father, I will surrender to Christ and I will surrender to His desire for me to love and engage with other human beings. How many of you raise your hands and say, I'll do that, Pastor? Right, leave those hands up and God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, explode with love in our souls. Help us to overcome our fear. Fill us with boldness. Not a boldness to be unkind or a boldness to be judgmental or a boldness to be uh, obnoxious. But fill us with a boldness to care and a boldness to love and a boldness to be vulnerable and a boldness to ask questions, and a boldness to invite other people into our lives. And I pray for that person and those, those people here today that need to invite themselves into someone's life. They need to go and attach themselves to the person they know has good news for them. Help them today too. Bless our time together. I pray your blessings on the food. Bless our fellowship and fill this place with joy. In Jesus' name, amen.